we're talking about how to control your soul. Last week, I want to encourage you, if you didn't get that message, go online, listen to it, get the CD, outline it, outline those scriptures, underline them in your Bible, because this will help you disciple people, and it'll also help you grow up. The whole thing is we're not trying to be or become something. We already are. So it's a matter now of us finding out who we are, seeing who we are, and then standing in the word of God and standing in the authority in the name of Jesus so that all these things that are not lining up to the word of God in our life, it has to leave our life. And through faith and patience, we receive the promises, right? We reap if we don't faint. So the control center of your life is your soul. And Satan, that the mind, the will, and the emotions, Satan comes at your mind. And that's the battlefield. He's a completely defeated foe. But he's a master deceiver. And he'll get your emotions stirred up. He'll take control of your imagination. He'll do these things and cause a believer to literally live like someone who doesn't know God. Well, no more, right? We're going to grow up in this area. We talked a lot about walking in the life of God. It seems like this whole thing about laying hold of your inheritance, I can't get away from. I, I, you know, I try to get away from it because I'm like, man, I've, I've been preaching so much on this the last almost three years. But you know, I, it's stronger in me today because I want to see you just walk and become all that God has for you to be. You know, it's so cool to walk a, watch a Christian walk in the blessing of God because their joy is full. You know, it's just wonderful. And we have so much of that going on. But God has a special plan for this church, as he does for every church. And we are to reap all, all of our, just, we're going to reap every person. We're going to reap all of our fruit in our harvest in our, in, during this season of our life. We're going to do everything God's called us to do. Part of that, see, it all starts with you walking in what God has for you. Because you can't give what you don't have. God wants you free. He wants all, any bondage that he's already made you free from, he wants you to walk free from it. To never be entangled again with any kind of yoke of bondage in your life. So this is all part of it. So let's go ahead and jump in the word of God today. I want to really get into, I've been trying to get to some notes and then Yesterday, I changed them all, and even this morning, I was changing them. So, uh, But turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 7, in verse 22. I believe this will be a very fresh meal for you. Romans chapter 7, verse 22. This meal is going to be so fresh. It's beyond organic. It's divine. Amen. Amen. It'll build muscle. It'll build your spirit, man. Romans chapter 7, verse 22, it says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. In other words, my spirit man delights in the word of God. My spirit man finds its joy, its pleasure, and its satisfaction in God's word. This is my spirit man. I am a spirit the three parts of man. I possess a soul which is comprised of my mind, my will, and my emotions. And I live in a body, and that's the three parts of me. This is my earth suit. If I, the minute I step out of my body, I can no longer operate in the earth. I'll be with my father. So while I'm in the body here, I, I have a legal right on this earth to bring Jesus and bring heaven to this earth. So I'm not going to waste any time living for myself. I'm going to live for him, and I'm going to live for others. And in all of that, I will experience life, because God doesn't live for himself. He lives for others. 
It says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. So in Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking about the struggle that every Christian has. He even calls himself carnal. It's real interesting. At the end of chapter 7, he says, who is going to deliver me from this bondage in my flesh? And then he, says, he gives us the answer, and he says, I thank God. And the answer is who? It's Jesus. I thank God that Jesus has delivered me from this. And then in chapter 8, he jumps right in, and it's the victory chapter. He says, there is therefore now, now that I'm born again, no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And he goes right on. But it's real interesting. He says, my spirit man delights in the word of God, but I see another law warring in my flesh. So that this is, this is the law of sin and death, okay? It wars in my flesh, and it, but it doesn't war after my spirit. It doesn't war after my spirit because it doesn't, first of all, it can't, but second of all, it doesn't have to because the way God made me, although I am a spirit, my control center is my soul. So the law of sin and death in my flesh will do what? It will war against the law of my mind. Now notice how many times he said law. So like we have natural laws, like the law of gravity, right? Well, there's spiritual laws. It says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is in my spirit, man, has made me free from the law of sin and death, which is in my flesh. The law of sin and death, it's the nature of Satan. It's selfishness and self-centeredness. This is why the minute you start considering yourself, you're not walking in the love of God. You're walking according to that selfishness and self-centeredness. That is the root of all fear, which connects you to everything that will steal, kill, and destroy from you in your life. So these are laws. It means they work the same every time. And this law in my flesh wars against the law of my mind. Now, if you study this out, the law of the mind is this. As I put God's word in my heart, what it will produce is behavior. It produces my behavior. So, as I, isn't that interesting that the law of my mind is if I put God's word in my spirit, it will change my behavior. Because everything starts, everything that God will put in your mind to renovate and renew it has to start in your spirit. This is why God not only won't renew your mind, he can't renew your mind. Why? Because he gave you a will. And so what he will do, though, is down on the inside of you, if you make a decision that I'm going to put him first in my life, and I'm going to reverence, honor, and respect him above everything else in life. Now you are in a position to actually hear God's word. If you're not there, if you're living for yourself, you can listen to God's word, but you'll, you can even think you understand it here, but it doesn't matter if you understand it here. Because the minute a little pressure comes, you cave, because there's no strength in you, the strength comes from in him. All the power, all the strength, all the ability is in his word, but you got to hear it. You can't listen to it only. Does that make sense? So if, though, I decide... Now, remember, it's just a decision. And you think, well, wait, it's just a decision. But do you know that every human being, your whole life is based on the decisions that you make? There are people that will decide never to bow their, their life to Jesus as Lord and receive that sacrifice that he died for all their sins. Because they made the wrong decision, they will spend eternity in a place called hell, ultimately the lake of fire. They will experience spiritual death forever 
based on just a simple decision. And here's the crazy thing. A lot of people don't even realize because they've, they've buried this stuff so deep under their own self and their own desires or whatever, or their own hurts or whatever the enemy's done to them, they don't even know that there's a decision to be made. Have you ever noticed when you talk to people, it's, it's real interesting, and I, I, it's amazing to me how I've seen so much more of this in the church, but when you talk to somebody who doesn't believe in God, They'll be really cordial to you, but just start talking to them about God, and they're instantly, hold on, I don't want to hear anything about that. It's almost like you're just going, wow, wait, you don't even believe in this. Why is this bothering you so much? But it's because they're deceived. The enemy has blinded their minds. When a person chooses not to believe who doesn't know God, their mind's blinded. Here's another one, though. When a believer chooses not to believe the word, their mind gets blinded. And so we have a lot of Christians, you know, I'm the pastor of Faith Family Church. Only you could answer the question if I'm your pastor. I can't answer that question. I know for a lot of people, I'm a teacher that they like. But I'm not their pastor. But why? It's because Jesus is really not in the position that he needs to be in their life. Everything in your life and in my life is reflective. Don't worry, that, that'll help you. It won't hurt. That, that helps. It's amazing how quick we could just jump over in our flesh and miss out who we are. So, so embrace this stuff because it's how you were made. Paul points out in this scripture the conflict that every one of us experience. Have you, have you had problems, probably today even, with your flesh, right? I mean, I don't want a show of hands about how many of you thought of reasons why you shouldn't come to church today, right? Isn't it amazing how much stuff blows up at times when, when the Lord is trying to talk to you? Have you ever, do you try to, you make a new commitment to read the Word, and all of a sudden, every time you read the Word, it's texting, phone calls, Right? It's all designed for you never to know yourself. We hear and believe God's word and we delight in it inwardly. Another influence works through our flesh to do what? To limit the fruit-producing potential of the seed of the word planted in our hearts. See, this influence is working in our flesh. What's it want to do? It wants to stop God's word from producing anything in your life. To reduce the fruit producing potential. Because everyone in this room, young, old, doesn't matter your age, you are a world overcomer. Amen. You're fearless, you're strong in the Lord. This is why the enemy loves it if you give in to your flesh because you start living a lower quality of life. And it messes with your spirit. You get inner turmoil. Because you're like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be this way. You know how, how people say, well, you know how kids, they just, everything is possible, but then they grow up. Here's the thing, guys. When you grow up in God, that grows. It doesn't go away. All of a sudden, everything becomes possible. You start to drive around the neighborhoods. You start to, to hear things going on in other countries. And you start going, how can we change this? Right? Because that's who you are in God. The battle is waged in the realm of the soul, specifically the mind. This is huge. So, your ability to operate the law of the mind properly will determine whether God dictates your life or whether the law of sin and death operating through your flesh dictates the quality of your life. So, so dealing with what we're talking about today is a determining factor. Whether God is going to determine the quality of your life or whether the law of sin and death based on and fueled by the enemy determines the quality of your life. This is how serious this is. So now jump over to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 1 again. We looked at it a little bit last week. Romans chapter 12, verse 1.
Paul says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice which is acceptable to God. So Paul is saying here, step number one is you have got to present, you have to do it because God won't make you, present your bodies to him. You have to yield your body. Does that make sense? If, if, you don't, if you don't decide to do that, and it's again, that's a decision, then you will never be able to do verse 2. Does that make sense? So it says in verse 2, after you've done that, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be pressed into the mold of this world, but be transformed, be changed, right? Be transfigured. What's on the inside of you, let it come on the outside of you. Be transformed, how? By the renewing or the renovation of your mind. See, when you got born again, your spirit man's brand new. Now, you're complete, you're not completely developed, but you don't have any sin nature, you don't have any junk Nothing, and, and it's new all the time. So I was saved in July of 1966, but I'm new right now, again. I'm constantly being renewed, so I am constantly a person with no past. Does that make sense? Everything is constantly fresh, but it's not so for my mind. Satan starts working on your mind when you're really little. Really little. Two Three, four, you parents, man, you, you take authority over the enemy in your home, right? You stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that if the enemy's ever trying to lie to your little one, right, you, you go up there and you deal with it because he'll, he's trying to throw lies in their mind. They're defenseless. He doesn't care. He's a killer. He's a destroyer, and he doesn't care if he doesn't kill him then. He'll just try to build vain imaginations and strongholds in them so that he can take them out somewhere in the future or so that they just live their life, live a great life, enjoy life, and die and go to hell. And don't ever tell anybody about Jesus because they never knew him. See, I mean, he, he understands this thing. So this is a huge thing. It says, don't be pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renovation of your mind. I have to renovate my mind. But I can't do it. I just have to be willing and obedient. To, and what, how, what do I mean by that? I have to make a decision to put this first. Who, who is this? Not what is this. This is God. He is number one in my life. My life is tucked away with him. My goal is to just know him, and I reverence, honor, and respect him above everything else in life. So when I do that, now I'm in a position where the word of God can go in and pull out all the junk and replace it with thinking how God thinks. So this is a huge thing. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Here's an interesting word with prove. It literally means to discern. That you may see and know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It literally means to recognize as genuine. See, God's plan for your life is already there. You can't see it. It doesn't enter into your mind what it is. But when, when the word of God is opened inside of you by the Holy Spirit, the word of God will become a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It will show you God's plan for your life. So that you may prove means that you may recognize as genuine Right? It means that as you present your body a living and holy sacrifice, 
as you make a decision, I'm not going to be pressed into the mold of this world. I'm not going to think and act like somebody who doesn't know God, but I'm going to allow the Word of God to transform and renovate my thinking. Now I will be able to recognize as genuine after I examine it. I'll, I'll, I'll sit here and go, I know, oh, that's, that's God's plan. This is God's plan for my life. Now, here's the thing. He doesn't show you the whole thing because you walk by faith, but he'll show you that next step. And when you step, when you know it's God's plan for your life, you will not be moved. You know, if, you, if, you, if a bank or a finance company owns your vehicle and you did not make the payments for a few months... And all of a sudden, after church, you walk out and you see a tow truck towing that thing. You might go over to the guy and go, oh, man, please don't take my vehicle. But if your vehicle is paid for and you own it and you walk out there and you see a tow truck, you will go out there and say, hey, don't touch my car and get away from my car. Why? Because I own it. See, this is the difference. This is what God wants for you. When you don't know something's his will, you'll let go of it. But if you know that you know that you know where you're at and what you're doing is where God wants you, you just rejoice. It doesn't matter how much the attack is. You're like, you can't stop me. Right? That which is born of flesh is flesh and can be killed, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. Right? I, I have people ask me who want to pioneer churches all the time, what is the thing you got to know? You better know that where you're going and when you go is God because all hell will break loose. Notice I, I don't mean, see, sometimes we think all hell will break loose and then stop. It hasn't stopped for me yet. I'm actually, it's awesome. Because I think if it ever stopped, I'd be like, okay, we must be doing something wrong. Right? And I'm not saying just people or, you know, it's just there's a spiritual attack. He hates when a Christian is in the will of God. Right? He, he doesn't want that for you. But the word of God, if you will do this, you'll be able to recognize because you're examining it, you'll be able to see and know that God's plan for your life, that you're walking it out, and it's good, acceptable, and perfect. If I don't make an effort to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, I will be conformed to the world system. There is no middle ground here. You're not in limbo. Well, I'm really not... I'm really not working at transforming my life. I'm really not allowing the word to change me and change the way I think. Um, but I'm, I'm also not being conformed to the world. You're, you're deceived. Because there is no middle ground. It's, it's like a pinnacle here. You're either on one side or another. Now, have you ever tried to be in both places? You, it's really rough because a double-minded man... You're of two minds, you're trying, and that, that produces a ton of inner turmoil. So just, just give it up and go for it with God. Give him 2019. Don't do what you did in 2018 expecting a different result. It, it'll be different. It will be worse. But it won't be better. But get, just give it, I mean, your flesh might hate it for a while. But boy, your flesh will love, or your spirit man will love when you're walking in all this stuff. This is a huge thing. You must, what, you must replace what the world has programmed you to think with the example of life that the Word of God is giving you. Does that make sense? This ongoing process comes from two places. This ongoing process of renewing your mind, it comes from the Word of God and it comes through the Spirit of God. And, and here's the thing, the Spirit of God only, only reveals the will of God or the Word of God. So the Word of God is our source. 
I, I challenge you this year, and I know we have so many people in our church that just love the Lord. We have so many people that are growing. And here's the thing that messes you up, is you think, you think, well, I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job. I don't, I just don't feel, I, I keep falling, I keep messing up. Listen, forget about all that. Because here's the thing, you're probably going to always feel certain things. Those feelings will get better as you grow up, as you renew your mind. We're going to talk about exactly how this happens. But don't let the way you feel tell you if you're in faith. Don't let, it, don't let the way you feel tell you if you're walking in love or not. Because that's not the measuring stick. Here is the measuring stick. Right? If you have blind spots in your life, if, there, if there's some blind areas where you think you're okay and you're not, you won't know, so you need to submit your life to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and then He'll show you. But He does it in such a gracious way. And He'll put you around a bunch of people that'll love you unconditionally. You know why it's easy for all of us to love people unconditionally? Because, you know... You really kind of look at it and go, you know, I don't know that I've ever met anybody really that has messed up more than me. <laughs> right? I think we all kind of say that. Actually, if you're not saying that, you might want to check for some blind spots. <laughs> right? Because there could be a little spiritual pride there. This process of renewing the mind, you're adopting an entirely new system of values an entirely new way of looking at life through the Word of God. You're seeing God, life from God's perspective. This is huge. So God wants you to study. He wants you to understand. He wants you to adopt His way of thinking and use it to replace what the world has taught you. See, the world's taught you you just got to work harder. You got to work longer. You just got to do what it takes to beat your, you know, beat your rival. God's saying, no, I already did that. I already beat your rival. Your rival's not a man. It's not another company. It's, it's not any of that. It's the blessing of God that will rise you to the top. So now you could love. You actually have no rivals. Because nobody, the Bible says nobody can stop you from doing what God wants you to do. Isn't that good news? Knowing that you're right here, knowing that you're always going to be in the right place at the right time with the right heart doing the right thing. I mean, I, I, actually, I actually worked overtime and could have missed meeting Jeanette. Because I missed the timing of God to leave a church. But I'm so thankful that God just drew me back because my heart was right. And he just drew me back so that this blessing that was going to cross my path, I was in the right place at the right time. See, you can't mess it up if you're willing and obedient. So this is, but how to get willing and obedient, God helps you with that part. This, so let's, let's look at this. Controlling Controlling or renewing your mind, controlling your soul, it all starts with a decision. It's a decision. You will change into a completely different person as you change the way you think. All right? So controlling your soul is all about making the decision to do it. Does that make sense? You have to decide to do it. If you're sitting there and you're not willing to, then in reality, I'm not even talking to you. Because God's not either. All he will keep doing is prompting you to get in the position so that he can start talking to you about it. He's not mad at you at all. He, and, and when you finally make a decision, no matter how much time you, you waste, he won't, even, he won't sit you down first and then talk to you about the big mess that you made. He doesn't do that. He's just like, okay, so let's get going now. Let's, I, I want to take you to the next step, right? Because he's already provided it. But here's the thing. Don't waste time because time will get away from you, right? When you're younger, you think you have a lot more time 
but time gets away from you. You know, all you young people, you could tease me about maybe some wrinkles in my body, but that's okay. Just blink. Right? And guess who's going to be teasing you about the way you look? Your kids. Right? Life goes fast, so we don't want to waste any of it. The life that you have now, now remember, you love your pastor. The life that you have now is a result of the choices that you've made in your past. But don't, don't beat yourself up for that because you can change your whole life. It's not too late. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I've, I've just killed things in my life. God can raise them from the dead. God can restore. The Bible says the righteous will be repaid in the earth. That means while you're on this earth, God wants to get everything back for you that the enemy stole from you. I don't know about you, but man, he stole some things from me. It's got to come back, right? So in Psalm chapter 1, go to Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1. It says here, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now what are we talking about? We're talking about how to control your soul how to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This word blessed means empowered and enabled to prosper. It says blessed or empowered and enabled to prosper is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. These are people that are living lives that are, that are living lives outside of the realm of the way God says to live. They can, they can know God or they can't. Because I, I know people that know God that are living like they're ungodly. They don't really know it. They're really not ungodly, but they're living like they are. You don't want to walk in the counsel of someone who's ungodly. To, to renew your mind, to control your soul, which will lead you to life, you're going to have to be careful who you're walking with. It says here, nor stands in the way of sinners. Now this person's not walking. Now he's stopped and is standing in the way of sinners. What's a sinner? That's somebody who's missing the mark. The word sin means to miss the mark. What is the mark? The mark is life. It's God's word. So it's someone who, is, who literally is missing this. They're not walking in love. They're walking in selfishness right? They're, they're walking in unforgiveness. They're not forgiving. Th does that make sense? They're, they're thinking of themselves. They're not thinking of others or, or putting God first. So, or stands in the way of sinners, nor now he's not walking or standing. Now we're sitting in the seat of the scornful. So the scornful is one who teaches others about others. Be careful. Don't sit around that. Why? Because it, it'll be impossible for you to be enabled and blessed to, to prosper. You can't, you won't be able to do it. So you, what am I saying here? What's the word saying? Be careful of your environment. Now does it, does it mean that you never get around the ungodly, sinners, or scornful? No, no, no. We're going to be around that all the time, but we're never, they're not to be our close circle. You want people that are of faith. People that are serving God. Now they won't be perfect, Right? I mean, I, I, can we just say that? Is it okay? I mean, we all kind of, we, have we ever messed up? I got to tell you, at Faith Family Church, this is the perfect church to mess up. Because you have unlimited grace. It, it's, it, this is a safe place. Because there's nothing anybody has ever done wrong that I'll guarantee you, just in this little crowd that we have right now, we have multiple examples of probably everything that anybody could do. And all of us who have been guilty say, I'm so thankful that Jesus set me free and made me free. And everything I am, I owe to the grace of God because I am who I am by his grace, right? So it's a safe place. You need to live there. 
You need people around you when you choose wrong. You need people around you that'll come around you and say, listen, I love you. I'm here for you. I understand. I've been there, right? And I'm not going to be the confession police, and I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to love you. And if, you're, if you come in here and you're, you're really going through it, I'll, I'll help lift your hands. I'll help you cast that care over on the Lord, right? You got to be, you just got to be somebody who's ready, right? I've been dealing with it for so many years in ministry. There, see, when you, when you know God and when you walk with God, you literally, like as I look around, I see the greatness in people. You see it. You can see it. I mean, I spent my day yesterday texting because I, I do this. I only do it as the Lord leads me. But texting, you know, texted a couple people to encourage them, man, get in church this year. You know, you're a great man or woman of God, right? And I love it. I mean, I, I love it when somebody in our church who, who hasn't been coming and, and who struggles with some things and whatever, calls me up drunk on New Year's Eve to wish me a, a happy new year. No, I love that. Because I'm going to text them back and I'm going to tell them how much I love them, how great they are, how much I believe in them, and how God has got a life for them. Not like beat them up, right? I remember one time I was going through a really low time and it was like, I felt like it took me back to a time. Have you, if you've ever been in a fight and you are losing and you have no strength and when you're on the ground and somebody just hits you. And that's what I felt like, right? And I, and I, and I, I said to myself, I'll never be that person. I'll be that person when everybody leaves an individual, I'll run to them. I'll be with you. Because you know Why? It's not because I'm anything. That's what God does. Know that today. That's exactly what God does. This Psalm 1 man has separated himself unto the Lord. How did he separate himself? By delighting in his word. I'm telling you, there is greatness in you. And if you will delight in his word, the Holy Spirit will bring revelation of that word and the power and ability of God that's in that word will grow you up and show you who you really are on the inside. It'll show you on the outside. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And you'll love it because all of a sudden you'll get in something and what used to bother you just literally won't bother you anymore. What used to scare you won't scare you anymore. I remember, I mean, I can't tell you. You know, I love all of you. I love you guys. I mean, Jeanette and I, we weep over you. But you'll never move us. I used to be a guy that on the outside, the Armani suit and the jewelry and the car, it was my identity because behind it, was this person who felt like, well, I'm really just garbage. I'm worthless. And I remember, I remember when the Lord, he made me free from people. So now, I got to tell you, I, I, I will never try to impress you. It, there's no life in it. You're not created that way. You know, the God of heaven knows you. He defines you. He's your creator. He knows everything about what he placed in you, and he likes what he sees. And he's made a way for all that on the inside to come on the outside. So that, first of all, so that you can see it, and then the world will see it. This man, this Psalm 1-1 man, who is empowered and enabled to prosper, not in a world's way, way above that, See, what we're not talking about, this is, this is old school stuff. Well, you know, God will prosper you. It's way beyond money. And you could have nothing and still be prosperous. No, if you're prosperous, you won't have nothing. Not for long. God will take you beyond. Because he wants that. 
well, I don't need much. You know, I'm not one of these prosperity people. I just, I just need enough just for me, you selfish person. You're not here for you. If you were here for you, the minute you got saved, you'd just go to heaven because, right? God wants to flood you, show you to the world how good he is, and here you are because he's first. Nothing, things never have you. So all of a sudden, you start believing God for cars so that you can give them away. You believe God for houses so you can house people that are learning how to tithe and trust God. You believe God for buildings and businesses so that you can have a system set up where now I've got this vibrant business downtown Omaha or in different places and we hire, we hire people that come out of prison and we'll provide state-of-the-art daycare classes for their kids so that they could work a job and we don't care what their record is. And we have the money to fund it, Right? And not just pay a minimum wage, but pay what the highest of this position is, then go 10 or 20% above that. And then we have things where we're training people, teaching them new things, financing their education so that they can get degrees, start to get a global mentality. See, we can't figure that out unless we let God renew our mind. Even as I'm saying some of that stuff, it just, it just ignites you inside. It's because of who you are. By delighting in God's word, he has built an image of his life being lived in line with what God has spoken about him. That's where there's no inner turmoil. You've literally, you're living outwardly what God has purposed for you to live. So to live like this, you will be very conscious, conscious of his abiding presence, You'll be very conscious of his word and you'll be very conscious of all that he's doing through your life. You'll be so, so conscious of, boy, I'm having trouble with that word, of the Holy Spirit's ministry in your life. It's really amazing. It, you just become very sensitive to spiritual things. You'll be very conscious of specific insights he has spoken to you of by his spirit, the revealed will of God for your life. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You will never see that he's good unless you taste. This is what you have to taste. He's prepared a table before you today. In the presence of all of your enemies, there's, there's demonic influences that want to keep you from walking out God's plan for your life. But he has put a banquet table. And he says, as you eat this, you will see how good I am. This isn't, this isn't three meals a day. This isn't even the perfect diet where you're eating every two... See, it's not like food, physical food. It's different. Because see... The perfect diet physically is you're never full and you're never hungry. I think there's a guy named Heath that told me that one time years ago. That's the perfect diet. I'm never full and I'm never hungry. It doesn't work that way with the word. See, as I've been ministering to you, I'm eating. As a matter of fact, I ate all night while I was sleeping. As a matter of fact, I eat 24-7. That's the goal. And the more I eat, the hungrier I get. And the hungrier I get, the more I eat. And the stronger I get. And the leaner I get. The more agile I get spiritually. Amen. This is the way it is with God. All roads lead to life with Him. You want to live a life of your dreams? You want to stand before at the end of your life, this short life on earth. He's got so much more for us in eternity. But do you want to stand before Him? And hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant? Absolutely. We all will. But we got to start this process. If we already started the process like so many here, then we got to keep it going. Right? Here is the foundation of renewing your mind. It's John 15, 7. This is the foundation of your life in renewing your mind. In John 15, 7... It says, if you abide in me. 
This word abide means if you remain in me. And my words abide or remain in you. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. This is a foundational scripture of renewing your mind. You must remain in him, and his words must remain in you. If you look at the parable of the sower, the enemy's always coming to try to steal the word. But you've got to cause the word of God to remain in you. And it remains in you as you're constantly, as you're meditating in the word, you're speaking it out of your mouth. You never let it depart from your mouth. You give it your undivided attention. You keep it first in your life. It'll stay in the midst of your heart. This is how this works. The word abide, this involves what we do with our mind. This is where the word of God has got to abide in my heart so that it'll abide in my mind. Does that make sense? Abiding involves what we do with our mind. Am I going to let my mind go and start to focus and reason on all this natural stuff? Or am I going to keep it locked on God's word? Abiding, in other words, involves being consciously aware of God's presence in your life. As you abide in him and his words abide in you, you'll be so consciously aware of his presence in your life. And you'll get to know that he's good because he never gets down on you. He's always building you up. He's always wanting to lead you. He's always trying to talk to you about going higher and and all this other stuff, freedom, everything. To experience transformation, you must become grounded. Another way to say that is you must become mentally revived in the fact that he will never ever leave you and he will never ever forsake you this is the foundation of renewing your mind you got to know you can trust him you got to know that he's more than enough you can't play these games where you're jumping in and then questioning and all all that goes away when you start this process i love that we must be rooted and grounded in the fact that god is with me And that God always goes before me. So when you're in this place now, now your desires will be generated from the Holy Spirit. That's that's where now the desires will be generated from the Holy Spirit. You have, and it's all a decision. See, in Psalm 37:4, it says this: Psalm 37:4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This is the key. God puts his will into your heart in the form of his word. And as you delight in his word, what comes out, his will will come out of your life in the form of desires. As I'm delighting in the Lord, as I'm, as I'm walking through my life, not perfect, but as I'm, I'm whole, I am Bible perfect, is wholehearted. That means when I mess up, I don't make excuses. I go to God and make it right. And I'm, as I'm doing that, here we go. All of a sudden, on, on about August 20th, I go on a first date with a lady who will be my wife someday. Or on August 20th is when she crossed my path and I saw her in church. And on the inside of me, the Lord goes, there's your wife. I saw the back of Jeanette's head. Why is that? Because I was delighting in the Lord and he was able to give me the desires of my heart. Now, did I just look at her and go, wow, she's everything. Well, it was amazing how it connected most beautiful, everything. I felt like I know her forever. Well, now 29 years later, guess what? It's even deeper because now I'm like, wow, she is everything. I mean, it's just she was sent from Iowa to Southern California for me. 
That's the way it works. So if you stay in the right place, the Holy Spirit will lead you with these desires. So the minute I saw her, I had this desire to get to know her. I had this desire, it grew very quickly, to marry her. A desire to be a good husband to her. All of these things. In the ministry, I remember, I'm, I'm, I'm 17 years old. I go, just about to turn 18, and I go to this church. And, and I turn 18, and within about a month or two, this preacher in Southern California is talking about the call of God. And I'm sitting in church, and I have no idea what that is. And I'm going, I mean, I'm just I'm weeping. And I'm going, man, what, what is that? So I, I literally go up to my pastor. I'm this, I'm this young kid. And I'm like, hey, can I meet with you? And he was so gracious. He's like, yeah. So I go in and I meet with him. And I'm like, I just want to talk to you about this thing you said, the call of God. I go, what is that? So we talked a little bit. And he goes, well, let me ask you a question. He goes, Tony, if you could do anything and money was not an issue, what would it be? And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting across from his desk. And I said, I don't really even know what you do. But... I believe with all my heart I'd want to do what you're doing. What is that? It's a desire. See, don't, don't not, boy, I feel like a crying, babbling person here. Good thing I'm not moved by how I feel. But uh, <laughs> don't sell yourself short and try to, while you're self-centered and you're just thinking about yourself, try to figure out God's plan. It's frustrating. Let it all go and get to know him. And all of a sudden, his, see, the light, his path is filled with you walking out one desire of your heart to another desire. There will be times when you'll go, you know, I think I want to do this. And then you'll start doing it and you're going, Ugh, that, that's not it. So what you do, you don't play church. You just step back over because another desire will come up. What it was is that was your, your deal. But it wasn't God's deal because God's deal never goes away. It never wanes. The more you delight in it, the bigger it gets. See, a lot of times you'll have your desires. Then you'll have counterfeit desires of the enemy. And then you'll have God's desires. But what happens when you delight in the Lord, his desire, it, it's, what, it's the real deal. It will eclipse everything to where you know. You have to know that in everything in your life. I love this. So real quick, I'm going to go about seven more minutes at the most. I want to just talk a little bit about your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. I want to kind of just lay a quick foundation. It might be quicker than seven minutes. So your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. God gave you a soul so that you would know how to make the proper decisions. Decision-making is what your soul is created to do. Okay? This is why you have to renew your mind, because otherwise, if you are filling your mind with wrong information, you will make wrong decisions. Has anybody ever done that? Right? Thank God he fixes that stuff. Decision-making is what your soul exists to do. So you make decisions and choices on the basis of the interaction of your mind and your emotions. This is how you make decisions. Your mind will reason, will look at something and reason it. Your emotions will tell you how, to, how you feel about it. Whatever is predominant there, then your will will carry it out. Okay, see, your emo if, if, if you give in to your emotions, then, then it'll feed it and you'll make a decision where now your will will it'll get you going in that direction. Your mind perceives, it rationalizes, it understands, and then it will draw a logical conclusion to situations and circumstances based on your five physical senses. But if your mind is not being fed the proper stuff, the Word of God you're going to make wrong decisions. Intellectually, you absorb and evaluate information through your five physical senses. 
right? Emotionally, you feel certain things about these situations or these circumstances. Your mind's evaluation of it interacts with your emotional response and then you enact your will and make a decision or a choice. It's the way it happens every time. Your mind will evaluate it, your emotions will have a response, and then you will enact your will and make a decision or you'll make a choice. Have you ever chosen to sin? It's exactly what's going on. Why did you choose to sin? Why, do, why is there a sin habit in your life? Because you've been feeding on wrong information. So if you cut that off and you start feeding on right information, instead of trying to focus on changing the choice, see, you could focus on changing the choice your whole life and you keep falling and keep falling and keep falling and then you beat yourself up more and beat yourself up more. And if that's not enough, the enemy's beating you up. Then the enemy will bring other people to beat you up and tell you the same thing, right? But if you just cut that off and you start feeding on right information, now what your mind is rationalizing and looking at and hearing, it all goes through the filter of a renewed mind. You're you've taught your mind how to think in line with the word. So now you're no longer thinking, okay, I kind of think I want to do this and I have a desire to do this, but I just don't know if I can or not. You, you'll, you'll get yourself weaned off of this. I just don't know if I can or not. Because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So you come from that standpoint, I can do anything. All things are possible to me. Now you're thinking right. So now you're going to be able to see what God really has for you. And then if your emotions are leading you in a wrong direction, you'll know it. And you'll just tell your emotions to come in line with what you're saying. But here's the thing. When your mind is thinking right, your emotions will be right. And now your emotions will give you momentum to move you into doing what you're supposed to be doing. This is a huge thing. Your mind's evaluation interacts with your emotions, your emotions response. And you enact your will and you make a choice or a decision. It works the same way whether you're choosing life or whether you're choosing death, except the life part, because the word is so powerful, it'll change your life forever. Your ability to interact with your feelings produces a desire. Let me say that again. Your ability to think interacts with your feelings and produces a desire. A desire produces a decision. Whatever is the dominant influence over your thoughts and feelings will control your decision-making process. Do you see how Satan takes people captive and they don't even know it? You think you're making a wrong decision? I'm here to tell you that Satan sets you up to make the wrong decision. Did you have to? No. Where did it start? You started thinking wrong. Do you see that a little bit? We're going to have to go into this more. When you, then you'll enact your will and make a choice or a decision. See, what you're choosing is depending on who's controlling your soul. Whoever controls your soul controls your future, controls your destiny. God wants you to train your soul to be subject to your spirit so that you can live a Holy Spirit-led life. The Holy Spirit through your spirit will control your soul. That's what God wants for you. I want to leave this with you today. If you have some wrong things going in your life and you're making wrong decisions, stop beating yourself up for it and start the process of renewing your mind because as you, as you renew your mind and renovate your thinking to come in line with the word of God, you will stop, you will stop making wrong choices. But if you focus on trying to stop making wrong choices, you're just going to be frustrated. What am I saying? I'm thank, thank you for asking me that question. So, so if you want to live in the same environment and do the same things, 
that are contrary to the word of God, it will be impossible for you to long-term make the right decision. Right? But if you will put yourself in the right environment, if you will submit yourself and just say, God, I don't even know how to do this, but I'm putting your word first this year. And, I, and Holy Spirit, I need you to help me with this because I don't know how to do it. He'll give you the strength. He'll help you. As long as you stay willing and obedient, pretty soon you'll start thinking different. Then you'll, stop, you'll start feeling different. You're, you're going to make different decisions And now you're going to be walking in the blessing of God. Amen?